0: Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. I'm Scott Livingston and today I'm speaking with Benoit Uo, one of Canada's most accomplished Paralympians. Having won 20 Olympic medals over five Olympic Games, including nine gold gold medals, he was Canada's flag bearer at the London Paralympic Closing Ceremony. He has many more medals from various world competitions and broke more than 60 world records in his category during his career. He's been named Swimming Canada's Male Paraswimmer of the Year 11 times. He is a graduate of the University of Quebec at Montréal, with a degree in marketing, communications and administration, and has recently started his executive MBA at Queen's University. He was inducted into the Canadian Disabilities Hall of Fame in 2011, and in 2016, he was named a member of the Order of Canada. I've invited Ben on Leave Your Mark not because of his accomplishments, though they may be extremely impressive, but because of the kind of person he exudes. He is kind, honest, sincere, and deeply committed to his craft. He is also deeply committed to making a difference and works tirelessly to increase the visibility of sports through inclusion, diversity, and accessibility. He has indeed left his mark on the world of parasport and continues to move that world in the forefront of the collective mind. Welcome,
1: Ben hey welcome uh well not welcome thanks for the invite <laughs> it's uh it's a great intro wow uh, thanks for the good words and i'm happy to uh to be here with you this morning and and have a good conversation
0: yeah i'm happy to have you too it's um you know, I haven't really had a chance to work with you a lot over your career. I got uh, some opportunities to kind of uh, work uh, in, in tandem with some people uh, that I work with uh, to sort of support your the work you did and um, always watched you from afar in a sense and was very impressed with your uh, diligence and your attitude and your energy. And you're somebody who uh, <clears throat> seems to, to anyways always really love what you're doing and love the people you're around and sort of to engage those people. So to have you on my show is really an honor and a privilege and you've done some exceptional things. So, um, softball question at the beginning, you grew up in uh, St. Joubert, so you were a Montreal boy. Were you a Montreal Canadians fan or did you uh, even care, pay any attention to hockey growing up?
1: Oh yeah. I was, uh, I was a big, uh, hockey fan. And I, I think it, it was my favorite sport growing up. Uh, you no, know, like most Canadians and Quebecers. Uh, my dad was a, as a hockey player, uh, not necessarily, uh, at an eye level, but he really enjoyed playing hockey when uh, he was a kid and a a teenager. uh, And he brought me uh, uh, to the Forum de Montréal back in the day a few times. And um, I remember uh, my favorite sport and the one I wanted to play was hockey uh, when I was a five, six-year-old boy. uh, And I... I had a dream. One day, I went to uh, my mom and dad, and I said, uh, "I want to become the next Patrick Arroy and play for the Habs." <laughs> uh, because Patrick Arroy, for uh, for the ones who don't know, well, I'm sure a lot of people do, but the younger ones, uh, he uh, he was the carry Price of my years, and, uh, and and in my opinion, another level too, like winning the two cups in '86 and '93. Uh, and I remember the '93 cup like it was yesterday. Um, I was only nine and I know exactly where I was and, and, and <laughs> where, where, I was, where were you, what were you doing? I wasn't, we played hockey that night in the street it was June obviously in, uh, 1993. And we, uh, it's actually 25 years ago this month. Yeah. Uh, and we were, um, we, uh, we were playing hockey like every other night, uh, and and my dad gave me the permission to go to bed later that night, and I saw the I saw the Habs winning the cup, uh, <laughs> and unfortunately it's the last time it happened. Uh, but uh, so so that being said, I I was born with a club foot, and and my my I was an active kid, and my first thought about sport was hockey, and I I went to mom and dad and say I want to become uh, the next Patrick Arois and they said well they were very supportive, and they said well you. Uh, you, you will we'll, we'll, we'll try to do everything we can uh, to make you happy and and to grow through sport and unfortunately and but my mom was a g- great uh, a great coach uh, she said and she was it's not it's not that she wanted me to um, to be uh, discouraged but she just tried to protect me in some way and she said Ben maybe you're gonna have a, a bit of challenge skating mm-hmm. uh, because I, I was only six and I it it was about because i i started the walk when i was three years old instead of let's say an average kid is 12 months 14 months a bit earlier sometimes but it it took me 36 months to be able to be uh standing on my feet uh, because Mm -hmm. of my uh birth disability uh so my mom was just trying to protect me saying oh ben maybe you're gonna have a bit of challenge skating and she, uh, she, she, they still, br- they still brought me to the store. Entire, they brought me some. They bought me skates, and they, we went to the arena. Uh, and it took me two minutes to realize that my dream to become the next Patrick Arroyo was only going to be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> do so, you sometimes, remember, you, sometimes, do you remember the feeling
0: you, of that? What, what do you do you remember how you felt when you realized that?
1: Well, yeah, um, a little bit. I, well. I I just remember though sometimes uh, you have to listen to what the mom and dad are saying because she was right, <laughs> uh, but at least I tried it and it yeah. it was uh, it was difficult and to be honest uh, Scott this story is about thirty years old and it's still uh, it's still quite challenging today to skate for me it's not pretty and I'm not uh, not a big uh, a big skater mm. uh, but that was my first introduction to sports. And, but it didn't stop me there. Obviously, I was uh, I was interested in a lot of different sports. I tried baseball, and I found out swimming a couple of years later.
0: Well, it sounds like your parents were very uh, supportive and, and wanted you to try anything and everything and discover for yourself whether you could or couldn't do it. Uh, is that sort of the way they approach things for the most part?
1: Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, Scott. And then I was so lucky to be uh, being raised in a in a family with great values and uh, and, and there was no um pressure whatsoever i uh, i i remember just i mean obviously school was important and we go to school and uh, we uh, we we make sure that uh, this is a priority but every interest that i had um growing up uh, they were uh, they were they were giving me advice and uh, hopefully the tools and the resources to optimize uh, and 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 simply just uh, we say in French s'épanouir um, uh, as as a kid uh, to, to, to simply grow and 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 my parents were there to do that mm-hmm. <clears throat> as a as a, a kid with
0: a, with a so called disability did, did you feel the same as your peers did, did did you feel different than your peers what did you what did you feel as you were growing up everybody you just kind of blended in and and dealt with your own f-
1: feelings or, or
0: how did that yeah. how did that feel as you were growing
1: up yeah well that's a very good question uh, scott because when we when we know myself and we see me in the street it's difficult to say that i have a disability he it's a small disability club foot uh, so between the knee and the foot everything is smaller but and not much mobility in the ankle uh, but that said, uh, it's not, uh, it's not very visible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I, I was lucky, uh, to have great people around me, uh, good parents, great friends, good teachers, good coaches to really, uh, help me going through the challenges that I might have had the, uh, uh, might have had the, 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 the disappointment to face, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, But uh, I I think, I think what made the, I remember uh, growing up that there was a, and it's not like it happened, but I was worried at some point, especially when I tried those team sports where whether it was hockey or baseball, I was a bit worried, not for too long in my, uh, in my youth, but the kids uh, were going to make fun of me because I was different than them. Mm -hmm. And, And it's, it's not like it really happened. Uh, but I, I remembered that, it and it's probably one of the reasons why it was difficult and challenging for me to integrate myself within a team sport because I knew that if I was going in that direction, I would have to be uh, like the other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so swimming came along a few years later, and I, 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 right away I felt I was at the right spot because even though we train with other uh, young athletes my age I was doing I could go at my own pace and uh, I was floating in the water so my disability didn't seem to be as uh, as a as an issue uh, so I felt at the right uh, position um, but there was a some some period I would say between seven eight and nine that I was a, a bit worried uh, even though um, uh, there was a lot of good people around me to support me uh, in the uh, in that Mm -hmm. process Mm
0: -hmm. so during that period obviously you discovered swimming um what was your introduction to swimming and and why did you find a love or passion in it
1: well it um it was the first time that i uh noticed or realized what the olympics were all about it was 1992 i was eight years old i was watching the barcelona olympic games on tv uh and I saw a Canadian winning gold medal and that Canadian was Mark Tewksbury in the mm-hmm. sports of swimming. And it's until Rio, it was actually the the only Olympic gold that Canada won until Penny Alexiak won their gold in the hundred freestyle in the, at the last summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, um, it was my first introduction to swimming. And I uh, went to mom and dad and, and they actually, uh, the, the the for the first time put us in in the summer um, in the summer uh, swimming uh, and just for fun and this is how we started and my sister and I and it's been uh it, it was a fun one she didn't swim too long she was uh, I was a bit upset she was better than me when we started. Uh, <laughs> 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 and, did your older
0: sister go on to do uh, anything with the sport of swimming in, in her own way or did no, she... it
1: was actually uh, I th- she was more of an artist she played piano after but she it was pretty much the only time that she did um, she did sport and it's when we swam together
0: what was and, her influence on you as a, as a kid as an older sister was she uh, was she tough on you or uh, get in your uh, grill a little bit or was she was a very supportive sister kind of like that's my little brother I'm going to take care of him
1: no i think we uh we had a good uh chemistry uh and in in different different ways and she um i think i think without her knowing but the fact that she was better than me it really pushed me
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, I, I uh
1: i was you know like a, a very you can tell i was eight years nine years old and so competitive already you know like it just just wanna wanna be the best and i think you know those 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 you have it or you don't and yeah yeah yeah. i i guess i was like that but that uh, uh, was uh was good and she supported to support my career though the the for the past 20 years
0: how would you describe the mindset in some sense of being a swimmer because um you know, I've always been intrigued by this personally in working with performance athletes. There's, you know, there's d- different kinds, right? There's the games players, the the creative uh, athletes that have to do stuff that's very creative. And then there's the, what I sort of kind of think of as fastidious athletes who have to just do something over and over again on a daily basis to be really good at what they do. And certainly swimmers or runners, et cetera, are, are in that category. Um, you know, wh- what's... What's the mindset of the athlete that wants to do that sort of thing? The what is your mindset, in essence, that allows you to get in the pool and do that on a, that rigorous work on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, uh,
1: that's a that's a good point. I never actually thought uh, those difference within athletes, but it's true. There's a we are a very uh, consistent sport. We have to be um, uh, we have to be on the autopilot. When we, uh, because that's what it is, you know, whether you're in Montreal, Shanghai or Paris and you do a 200 meter freestyle, it's actually the same thing. It's just a different period of time and and, and destination, Uh, but it will actually physically be always the same type of effort. Um, But I I, I think um, uh, it's again, it could be, uh, it could be quite challenging and boring and long, uh, to train, uh, and, and be in your, especially us in swimming and you're, you, you can't really hear, listen to music because you're on the water and you're in your own bubble and you have to, uh, to think about, uh, uh your, your own strategy and your own technique and, 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 and effort and so on. But I, I think I was able to, Uh, to to really centralize all my thoughts about one objective which was uh, realizing my and optimizing my dreams Uh, and and when and those dreams along the way in 25 years of swimming uh, went from trying to make the Quebec team uh, and the Canadian team, and and go to the Paralympics. And after that, okay, well, how can I be on uh, on the podium at these games? And oh, I, now I want to aim and break that record. But there was always uh, an objective, a short, mid, and long-term objectives that I was able to focus on, and and I think that's what that helped me to stay in that bubble and mm-hmm. and repeat days after days that same sequence. Um, uh, of uh, of of
0: training when did you um sort of come to the well when did you start dreaming about the concept of being an Olympian and when did that actually manifest itself in your mind to be true a true reality that it was
1: going to happen uh i think I, th- I think i was 13 um and I, and and i was I never really thought, uh, and it's and it, maybe it's because I've been doing this for so long. But I never, I never thought that uh, being a Paralympian uh, or an Olympian, like it, it, it's, 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 it's not like I, I, I grow up and thinking, oh, I want to go to the Olympics, and it didn't happen. Let's say uh, I, I just got um, raised in a, in a s- sports system where. I was eligible to go to the Paralympics, and um, uh, and it was the same in my in my eyes as the Olympics. So I was 13, and I was watching the Canada Games, and it was the first time in 1997 in Brandon, Manitoba, that the, the at Canada Games that the uh, athletes with disability were fully integrated to the games, and the medals were actually uh, being uh, counted to the the medal uh tally and 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 the journalist at rds was the competition was over and the journalist at rds does an interview with an athlete uh, named philip gagnon representing the province of quebec and he asked uh, or he says you just won seven gold medal broke two world records you've been competing for athletes with disability and the question was can you explain what's your disability and that's that moment because i could see him on tv and i didn't i didn't know who he was uh never met him before and, and and my first thought was why is he eligible i could see him and he looked perfectly fine and philip answered and he said yeah i was born with a, a club foot on my uh, left leg and this is how um this is how uh, i can compete in the para sport uh, and and, and and right there, I've had the chance to have been swimming for already five years since I saw Tewksbury on TV. Mm. And all those years growing up, I was swimming and uh, training with able-bodied athletes, never thought that the Paralympics were maybe one day a possibility. And and that day, I, I said, wow, I want to be like him. Uh, first of all, I never... I never met him, but he was a record holder. He was from the province of Quebec, and uh, he was uh, quite charismatic. And talking about um, about para sport uh, very nicely. And and this is this is how I said to myself that was 1997. I said, well. I think I want to go to the Paralympics. And a few months later, I was uh, classified as a para swimmer and all because of that individual that I saw that day on TV. And if it wasn't because of him, maybe uh, we would not be talking this morning. Wow.
0: That's really cool. Is, um, what would you describe as your internal driver for your success? Is it that you want to sort of demonstrate that you can overcome? Is it that you just have this natural competitive spirit? Uh, what's the driver inside of Ben?
1: that's a good point uh, i i don't know it's, it's, it's i just i was a passionate kid and i'm still passionate about life whatever i do and i i i, I love to invest and in, and in, and go uh 100 percent 110 percent in everything i do uh and 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 sport was just something that i i, I think i had a bit of a and or swimming a bit of a talent, and I was able to uh, uh, to, to to really deliver all my competitiveness within the same uh, narrow field. Uh, and it's you no, know, it, my thing was sport, but I think uh, whatever I'm going to do after and what I'm doing now, it's just trying to always uh, do good and 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 be positive and and. And be competitive, so I think it's just, it just—it was just part of me, and uh, I was lucky enough to find a, a, a niche where I—I had uh, I, I the some skills.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of people soul search when they're you know finding what what worked for them, and I'm just wondering when did you ever have a moment before you went to your first Paralympics where you almost quit the sport or gave it up or or considered that it wasn't maybe the right thing for you to be doing.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think even before yeah, so I was just in Sydney, I was only 16, but even before that, um, uh, I remember, uh, I had, I was training hard uh, as a teenager. It's probably the period of my career when I trained the hardest in quantity, not necessarily, uh, the smartest, but the hardest in quantity, which is, <laughs> which is <laughs> probably, uh, again, it's, and it's not where I was the best, but a, mentally mentally the hardest period of my career but I guess I at the same time I created a a good base Um, but unfortunately we lose so many great talent and athletes because of that period and we never see their full potential Um, Mm. so because it's not obviously obviously it's difficult physically but it's 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 up here Um, and and at that time while I remember I went to few competition and I I didn't necessarily perform, um, to the, uh, to, the, to, to to, my potential. And, and I was, I was sad. I was frustrated. And I, uh, I was asking myself, why am I doing this? And, and there's always a period where you're, uh, you friends and you know, you, you, uh, you're losing them because they, they go on and do different things. And, and that was a tough uh, place to be too. But again, it's to surround yourself with the, uh, with people, uh, that, uh, that you, uh, you trust and that are supportive and you, uh, you, uh, you, you had, I had to stick to, uh, my, uh, my dreams and my objectives, mm-hmm. but it wasn't easy.
0: Yeah. When you look back at that, when you look back at that, um, call it test of, of will in some sense, um, you know, Part of me heard you and sort of heard you sort of saying, well, maybe that was a little bit of an insane period to do that. And maybe that's not what we should be doing. But do you, and we lost some great athletes who maybe dropped off because of it. But do you think, um, when you think about that, and maybe you've never thought about it before, but do you think that it's something that almost has to, ha, you have to will yourself through that in order to reach the things that you've reached in your life? And if maybe you were never pushed that way, you wouldn't have? Or
1: do you think, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. I think, it, it, but but again, there's there's um, I don't think I would have had the career I had today without that period. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So it was a uh, it was a necessary uh, process, mm-hmm. uh, but but I'm not sure if it's the model for everyone out there right. uh it's you know there, there's there's exceptions and there's athletes with the with, with talent that don't necessarily have to grow through this mm-hmm. i don't think i was the most talented kid but i needed to work mm-hmm. uh and and again um if i was a coach today i don't think i'm not sure if i would do the same for the younger athletes okay. because i'm not necessarily sure if especially from i from what we know about sport today it's and the difference between quality and quantity is it's is is two different thing. Uh, but but the way I've been training in the past ten years is is, is day and night versus when I was a teenager. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I was I was and I'm much better now than I was before. Yeah. Well, I've uh,
0: you know as a, a performance coach myself, I've always had sort of this discussion in my mind about whether you know I I. From, from a what is it, is it the best thing for the human body and all those kinds of questions for me, that's not really a big, there's not really a big debate there. But there is this psychological barrier thing that almost seems to be necessary. And especially in a sport, going back to my earlier question to you, especially in a sport like yours, which is so you know, demanding of, of, of those hours and that energy and stuff to be able to do it. It's almost like you have to go through that to be able yeah. to say, you know, I went through it. It's like, it's like the Navy SEALs have to go through, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. uh, whatever they call it again, to sort of make, make the team, so to speak. And if you don't go through it and you don't make it, you're probably not going to be a Navy SEAL. Right. So that's right. It, it may not be the most um, intellectually right thing to do, but at some point you have to sort of separate the guys who can and the, or the gals as can and the ones who can't so so it's it's an interesting topic and and on that side for myself as well um when you look back now at your career um you know from the perspective of how you changed as an athlete and how you uh, changed the way you approach things what what would you say were the big rock changes from early in your career your first olympics to your
1: last uh, well, I think we, we touched a little bit on it. Um, it's, it's literally uh, the quality and the engagement towards what we're doing in competition compared to what we used to do before. Um, but again, it's, I think it, it's not like I, I, I didn't have the proper coach and so on, but um, uh, it was just a different period in time it's there's 20 years that separates my first and my last Paralympics. So the preparation was very different. And obviously I, I, I was a more experienced athlete knowing what was good for me and knowing what, um, what worked with me. And, uh, but, uh, I, I definitely say it's the, the, the quality versus the quantity mm-hmm. uh, and really trying to focus every single day in training and be connected with what we're going to do, uh, in the competition. Uh, so, so obviously we, 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 we didn't do, uh, the full race, uh, pretty much. We never did that in in a full workout, but we were trying to feel the same sensation, whether it's a 400 or a 200 that we're preparing, uh, depending on the show, uh, but we wanted to connect our brain and our body directly to um, what the performance is going to be during the competition. So when we are behind the blocks at the Rio Games or the next one in Tokyo for the next the next gen next athletes, is to make sure that they they, they feel as as often as possible, what they are going to feel in, um, that race mode competition. So it's different strategy. Obviously it's much short, much shorter distance than the full race, but whether it's the dive, the turns, uh, the first 50, the second 50, the last 50. So how do we train that to connect your brain and your body and, and make sure that you're on autopilot when you get to the big show?
0: when did you discover the mental game like that you had to work on it and that you worked with somebody on it
1: uh i think i've, I've, I've been aware of uh of mental prep uh, for many years right at the, my and without me re- realizing it i was doing a lot of uh, visualization uh, even when i was a teenager back at my mm-hmm. first games in sydney uh but i i felt the need of working with in with sports psychologists, uh, after the Beijing game. So 10 years ago, uh, in, in, in 2008, uh, when I had the, I was favorite to win my best race and, and I was a world record holder, world champion. I really thought that that medal was mine and it, that didn't happen. And Beijing was a very tough, um, moment in my career. Uh, not only those games, but the prior years before Beijing. And I, um, I I really had to change my perspective of, uh, of uh, way of seeing my sport and the way of, of preparing for it and I, I, uh, I started to work more uh, closely with the sports psychologists and to make sure that uh, I would change my perspective and my vision on on sport which I which makes me today the most proud uh, of uh, the of, of the journey that my, my let's say my last stretch in my career and the way I was able to refocus my uh, my thinking and not necessarily think about the final outcome but the process to get to it
0: that's awesome so before Beijing you were struggling with uh an outcomes-based viewpoint or what, what can you can you explain what you were struggling with before that yeah you know
1: yeah Bef- before Beijing so I had the an amazing start of career. Uh, the Paralympics were not as uh, as uh, as known back in the day, but uh, uh, the, that being said, it was, I could say it was easier to win medals because there was not as much depth of the field. Mm-hmm. So I went to Sydney, and I was uh, blown by our perform. We we not myself, but the whole country. We uh, we were dominating the, the Paralympic sports, especially swimming. And I came back from. Sydney Games with six medals at only sixteen, and I got. I went to Athens, another six almost perfect games, five gold, and and so so went to Beijing, expecting to do as good. But they, it's not like I didn't work, but I was only thinking about that specific gold medal that I wanted to get and and be on the top of the podium for three consecutive games and be the first Paralympic swimmer to do so in the same event.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: but yeah, I think, I think all those factors and, 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 and instead of thinking about bend your own lane and how can you work on your technique, your strategy, I was the only thing that matters was, was that final outcome. Mm-hmm. And when you're in it, you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. You think that, oh, it's, it's, it, you're, uh, you're in, you're, you're normal and you're doing it the same way you used to do before, but no, I, I wasn't. And I, um, I sat down with Wayne, which you know well, and when we got back from Beijing and Wayne gave me a, uh, and it didn't take uh, an overnight uh, change, but it, it, we worked for, for, for a long time to try to change that uh, approach and, and uh, it, uh, it, it worked and, and, and it, this is by far what makes me the most proud of uh, before the medals, but the way I was able to come back and, and 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 reframe my um my career uh uh and 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 have another go
0: did you did you feel a greater sense of um accomplishment and fulfillment based on the fact that you had connected with the process than just the the earlier medals where it was just a metal oriented
1: yeah i think so and, and well that or i simply enjoy it more mm-hmm. and i had fun doing it Okay, I guess it's easy to say too. Looking back, because it's, it's when you're when you're older or you've been doing it for longer, I felt that I I appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it's I'm not sure if I would have had that luxury if it was only one cycle or or two in my whole career. And the fact that I did so many. I, I had a lot of different, uh, and, and as a, as a person, as a human, I, I grew up too. And so there was a lot of, uh, uh, emotions involved in, in those, uh, those two, those two decades. But, uh, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a lot of, uh, growing up as a human mm. and, and you learn a lot from sports. Did you
0: ever, um, meet Michael Phelps in your time?
1: Um, yeah, 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 Phelps, uh, yeah, he uh, met him for the first time in uh, 2005 here in Montreal when we had the uh, FINA Worlds. I wasn't competing, but I was working with Kazu uh, uh, canada and La Presse, uh, just as, a, as a, an advisor or an analyst. And, and I met him there, and after that, um, he came uh, to Montreal for a special event. Uh, that we created pretty much only for him at the Olympic stadium mm. uh, in June, 2009. Um, and it was a big, uh, big, uh, welcome for him. Uh, I think for two nights at the pool, we, uh, we, the organizing committee, and then I was involved and we sold uh, it was a sold out pool at the Olympic stadium, which doesn't happen quite often. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not like hockey. It's not uh, that popular. Mm. And, and yeah, yeah. So, 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 Phelps was there, and, and he was uh, quite involved uh, and wanted to help uh, what we were doing here. So we, through a, a foundation, he, he was he was giving his name, and, and we raised a lot of dollars, uh, good good money, with his help. And he and we we we, we repeat that in 2011, and he came again uh, with a similar success.
0: Yeah, well, I just I, I thought of him because really, in essence, you are the, you are the Michael Phelps of of Paris swimming. So it's kind of it would have been interesting to see, be in the room with the two of you guys chit chatting about careers or experiences and stuff. Oh,
1: uh, well, thanks. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm the Michael Phelps. I meant to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you look at your the the litany of uh, of medals that you've won. You've you you probably oh, don't think great. of yourself in that way, and maybe he doesn't either, which is probably what makes you guys. Uh, as successful as you are because you you you,
1: you it's a great compliment though yeah well
0: it's (laughs) it's uh it's a truth that you should understand about yourself you've done some really special things like when was there a pressure and you talked about it a little bit with that beijing experience but talk about the fact that you you go to an olympics you do something you have a great experience you have success and this is kind of why I asked this question of the uh, question about michael is that you you know you you have all this success and then you go into the next olympics and it's how you manage the success in essence and transcend that into the next experience and so you went to five olympics you each time each one was different i'm sure but there was always a probably a, a sense of pressure to live up to in some sense, what you had created in the last one, right? Absolutely. Um, so you had to sort of cre- recreate your mindset almost every time you finished an Olympics, I would assume, or I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. put words in your mouth,
1: but. That's that's exactly what it is. And I, um, the best, I think the best feeling I had was going to London without, again, me knowing what was going on because I, uh, after the struggle of Beijing, um, even though I had those medals, from past year past games and, and behind me i felt that i wasn't a favorite anymore and and being the underdog is the best position to be in in my opinion mm. uh, because you um, and, and it's not like it's not like people are are necessarily and necessarily putting pressure on your shoulders but there is that sense of oh, I need to repeat what I just done, but but we shouldn't think that way because what happened in the past is the past, and what's coming up is two different things. But but I think it's human just to think though that okay, if we don't repeat the exact performance, it will be a, a not a defeat, but a, 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 a failure. A failure, yeah. yeah. So it's. It's, it's tough. Like, like I, I was thinking uh, when you, there's many examples. Um, it's just Antoine, you work with Antoine eh, in, in judo and, and like being bronze medalist in London and, and trying to go to Rio. And and, and, and I'm, I'm sure he doesn't see it that way, but it's what I, what he felt and probably in Rio is probably how I felt in Beijing. And and I feel that Antoine will be in a better mindset, even though he was in the best shape of his life in Rio he will be and he would be in a better position and a better athlete when tokyo comes around mm-hmm. because again and, and Nikola gil lived it too he won a medal in 92 i believe struggled 96 got back in 2000 to the podium so and and and, and it's it's amazing when you see a guy like alex billado winning two consecutive gold you know like it's that's that's unbelievable because not only the old country thinks well you're the olympic champion the whole world uh, yourself too. And, 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 and there's a big challenge with Kingsbury coming along, you know, and, and you, you still do it. So that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And people underestimate the pressure and the, the challenges that comes with being the champion and trying to repeat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult, um, place to be in. Uh, but in, in my career being, uh, being the underdog and not the favorite, even though you've won before, I feel that uh, it, was, it, was a, it, it was my favorite place to be in. And I was happy to have lived that in London because uh, it was my fourth games. But even, even though I had multiple medals before those games, I felt that, okay, this time around, I have nothing to lose, everything to gain. Mm. And it happened and we did it.
0: <laughs> that's awesome do you do you look back um which of the games do you look back on most fondly I uh, like, like
1: best? Uh, oh dear probably london in the sense that of that the stars were aligned i was i was in such a good mental uh a good physical and mental uh position which which was was very positive but um other than Beijing, i mean even though they were good games i just i I just didn't have that much fun uh but sydney the first ones were very magical you know you're realizing a dream to represent your country and you're walking into the the opening ceremony stadium it's just it's a dream it's a dream coming through and Mm -hmm. uh and even rio i really enjoyed every single minute of it because i knew they were the last and uh so yeah i think i think they all have their different cultures or different stories and aspect but i think mentally physically and socially it, mindset i think london or were, uh, were my best
0: very cool um one of the things I do in my podcast is I discovered a book a number of years ago called The Day You Were Born it combined astrology with numerology and it uh, sort of talks about people's purpose and I found my purpose in it uh or I had a sense of my purpose but it really described it very uh, poignantly and I kind of fell in love with it so every time I um connect with somebody on the, my podcast I tell them what their purpose is from the book so you're an Aquarius 6 and your purpose is to gain strength And discrimination from within so that you can manifest something wonderful in the world and slow down enough to enjoy your success. Blessed is he who makes his companions laugh. You have a a love of truth and beauty and a natural social nature that makes you easy to get along with. Your date book is always filled because of your charisma and knowledge of how to treat others but you need discipline. Your heart can be too big sometimes. So uh, I thought that was quite interesting when I read that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially I was, yeah. I, I started reading and I was like, um, the, the whole thing about you being sort of connecting with people and so your social nature, that's something, I mean, I've not known you deeply over time, but it's always something it's, uh, I've recognized in you that you always make, make people feel warm and connect with them very easily. Yeah. So, you're living. it yeah, with well, your purpose. I,
1: yeah, I think um, I, and I hope honestly, Scott, and that i I'll, whatever I do after, I'll stay connected to sport. But I, I really want to help uh, the next generation and stay close to the, our youth and, and obviously everything related to uh, inclusion and and growing the parasport sport and increasing. Uh, the visibility and the awareness not only here in Quebec Canada but around the world it's something that the uh, that makes me as excited as I was uh, when I was competing
0: that's awesome and that's really why I sort of segued at this point to who you are and what you're doing now I mean you're a great ambassador for your sport and for the uh movement um Sort of describe for me on one side how that has changed over your career, and what really is what it really means now, and how you're imparting that to young people who to 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 inspire them that they can do something even though they have a disability, they can achieve these kinds of things.
1: Yeah, well, unfortunately, more often than a, than. Then, uh, we see uh, someone growing up with a disability, trying to uh, uh, tr- having some challenges to uh, to 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 get uh, involved within our different society and communities, and and I think sport is a great opportunity to uh, to give self confidence to uh, to a kid and to make them, um, to, to make them, uh, uh, some, somehow, uh, in a good place to face, uh, life with many different skills. Uh, and, and I just, I just think it's important and there's to, to give the opportunity to those, uh, to those kids, the, uh, uh, the chance to, uh, to be more active and, and that goes through sport. There's a statistic that, um, and I, I don't, I don't exactly remember the numbers, but it's, it's quite amazing. Uh, there's a, they say that there's about 10% of, uh, the Canadian population that lives with some sort of a disability. Uh, so like that, that includes myself, like a small disability mm-hmm. and it could be a mental disability or, uh, and, and so that, let's say that's uh, that's about four million Canadians that lives with some sort of a disability, but f- from those four million Canadians, uh, and it's 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 three times as low as someone without a disability. But there's only three percent of those four million Canadians that are physically active on a weekly basis. So that's a very small number. Uh, and and how can we increase that percentage to five, six, seven percent, and and give them the opportunity to uh, to 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 enjoy uh, life through sport? Uh, so, but it, but it's, so it's obviously the infrastructure, uh, the the awareness. But it's 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 to simply put programs in place and have models uh, or inspiration of individuals that were able to, uh, to, I, I, there's a word that I'm uh, looking, but it's, it's in French. I don't know how to say that in English. Uh, like, like, um, like, not grow, but, uh, uh, facilitate. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's important, I think to, uh, to really, uh, uh, yeah, give the chance and give give the opportunity, I'd say. Yeah.
0: That's um that's an amazing thing that you're dedicated to when I when you look though at times what you just talked about statistically in Canada, and we're a pretty enlightened society and one that has a lot of, um, internal social opportunity. When you look, when, you know, you've traveled around the world and you've competed at these games, a lot of countries don't even have, or have very marginal Paralympic sport organizations and stuff. Um, you know, the world has changed, but there's still lots of work to do, obviously for, for many countries to, to embrace that. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure yeah um mba why are
1: you doing that yeah well it's a it's an exciting project i'm uh quite happy and and mba uh i've been thinking about it for a couple of years and uh, and and i feel like i'm not exactly sure what's going to be uh on the radar and again i've said it like i want to stay in sport and and be close to people and and be uh, be active within my community, uh, but something that um, that I wanted to uh, have is a bit uh, not only like the background of an athlete, but I wanted to have the tools and the skills uh, to be a good leader. Uh, and And I feel that the executive MBA will give me that opportunity and that credibility within. Um, uh, within my profile, uh, which I'm hoping that I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to have after that 16 month program. Uh, and again, it, who knows what I'm going to do after, but I feel like it's going to be, uh, it's going to be quite positive. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to have a chance to not only be an athlete, uh, older athlete with experience retired, but, um, um, uh, a diploma that's going to help me to uh, to to make some change in an uh, or be a leader in the sports system within Canada.
0: That's awesome. You already are a leader, so to tack that onto your resume is going to be very powerful for you, I'm sure. You're going to be a dad. So what's that feel like, dude?
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, you're going to have to give me some uh, some. <laughs> <laughs> <Some> tricks <Yeah. laughs> buckle up that's how I will, how I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's coming in the fall a new adventure for Annie and I and uh but yeah she's doing great it's gonna be obviously a different uh different life for both of us but we look forward to it that we're both in our mid-30s uh I think uh, I think uh, we're ready more than ever and and be uh, It's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting that's to cool. to, uh, to to start our family and 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 to uh, to have uh, have great moments. Yeah, I think that's what I'm looking the most forward to.
0: It must be interesting. Um, you know, you seem to have uh, a good sense of yourself and where you want to go and what you want to do. That's not always the case for a lot of athletes when they finish their careers. So good on you for having that. Um, Does it feel like you're you're starting into this new adventure in life? You know, going to be a dad, getting getting your MBA. Is that that's an exciting thing for you, or does it come with some fears as well?
1: Oh, uh, absolutely! Uh, It's uh, I think, but I think it's part of uh, the challenge of life too. And I Mm -hmm. I think if you stop having those fears, it's uh, you stop growing and Mm -hmm. you stop. uh, Yeah, I, I think it's how we. Evolve and, and get better. I think at what we do, uh, but yeah, I, I'm happy that I'm in that position now where there's school and the family and 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 who knows what's going to be exactly next. But uh, uh, I think uh, I'm interested in a lot of different things and like you, uh, like you know, I, I, I'm involved in multiple things that I, that is related mostly to sport. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm open to uh, adventures, and, and, and hopefully that uh, I'm going to be able to 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 stay within that same lifestyle where I have the chance to uh, to to let's say uh, if we have a Paralympic gold here and it, that it, it it's it's quite similar in the eyes of the public around the world as the Olympic gold. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the whole idea. I'm not going to live it as an athlete, but I want, you know, maybe one day to see that, okay, well, people don't make any difference. And, and it's obviously we are so lucky here in Canada that we don't necessarily see much of a difference, but still it's, it's, I think there's work still to be done, but it's mostly around the world.
0: Has there been any um, challenge within you from, you know, going from something that was very structured you know, get up in the morning, go to the pool, do this, do this, da 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 da. That's what I got to do. And now I bang, I do my competition and I come through. So everything's structured. to now it's almost like you have an open canvas of who's Ben going to be now. Has, has that been a bit of a challenge for you as you've embarked in, in your new life, so to speak?
1: Yeah, um, a, a little. But I, I, what I've, I think I've noticed and I, I've been quite lucky is even though I was an athlete for so many years, I had the opportunity within my athlete career to do a lot of different things while I was an athlete, whether it was a bit of media work, uh, speaking and, uh, and some consulting and uh, so, so I, I, or and being involved with different organizations, such as uh, write the play and jumpstart. And so I just felt that I, I have been and on some different board of directors of, uh, of swimming Canada and, and, Fédération Québec, and now the Paralympic Foundation so I've been doing this for a couple of years now where I saw uh, what was on the other side and and obviously when it was game day and preparation time I was fully f- focused and mindset on on the competition and the training uh, but uh, I think it helped me uh, to go through the transition and and even though I I don't feel like I've gone through the whole process yet obviously uh, uh, i feel that I, I i was in a good place i i, I think there was it was a good time for me to uh, to make the transition
0: is that uh, kind of advice gems you would give uh, a young up-and-comer in in sport is is that something that you would say to them to be to diversify the, your experiences even though you're focused in in, in what you're doing to be successful what? What are some? Yeah I, you? yeah, I would
1: absolutely. Yeah, uh, I would absolutely. I think the challenge uh, part is some sport. It's quite uh, quite difficult to do so. Um, you're, whether you're traveling too much, whether you're uh, you're on the road or your your training regime is 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 quite heavy. Uh, but I think uh, it's it's been uh, it's been uh, a priority. Uh, to really think about what was going to be next in my career, and I, I made it. The, I made sure that for for many years, over ten years, that I was I was starting to be involved, and I was saying yes to many things, and 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 I was always the first one to to put my hand up, and and unfortunately, a lot of people sometimes say, uh, "Well, why why is why is always him doing that thing or that athlete being that well?" I think it's it's not because he's necessarily better it's just because he is uh he's interested mm-hmm. and, and if the athlete uh is staying home and is not necessarily uh uh proactive uh, well it's it might be difficult for him to have a voice or have the opportunity to to be invited to different places so uh, i i would absolutely trying whether because it's not everyone is the same but Depending on the field that you have interests in what you want to do after, uh, make sure that uh, you uh, you try to uh, position yourself to be uh, to be in a better place when the, the career is over.
0: That's awesome. <clears throat> Final question, my friend. We've had a, a wonderful conversation, but I would say to you that, uh, I, as I say to each of my guests, when you do perish from this earth, and it will happen unfortunately, uh, hopefully not for a long time, What, how would you like to be um, remembered?
1: Oh dear. Uh as yeah uh, I I well, I, I, well, uh,
0: I got you with that one that's good.
1: yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> uh, 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 a good man.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, well simple uh, energize and uh and 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 yeah, I think with the with a great sense of uh, of human life, I would say, like a, a great sense of what uh, how all how, all of us are different, and but but how how can we every single one of us um, be uh, as um, as successful as we can in our own way? Uh, I think I think yeah. It's, how can we I, I want to be recognized as someone that can help uh and 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 be uh be able to bring the best potential to each and every one of them
0: that's great there we go beautiful you found it you found it in the end that's right good job well thank you for taking the time this morning on a on a weekend to hang with me for an hour it's been a great conversation uh, i hope you've enjoyed it and uh, absolutely thanks scott have a good rest of your day, my friend.
1: Yeah, you as well. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see you around uh, at some point, uh, whether it's at the gym or uh, uh, at an event or at, with B210 there. Yeah, for uh, sure. And, and good best of luck as well with you and your athletes uh, for the upcoming months. We'll, uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be cheering and following and, and uh, you're, they, they are in good hands with you.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.